All right, so I want to welcome everyone back to this week's edition of the Northern Nerdcast, where we showcase the geeky, nerdy people, groups, and events that happen in and around the Edmonton area. The Northern Nerdcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Please feel free to head on over to albertapodcastnetwork.com for a list of amazing Alberta-made podcasts. And just a side note real quick here, if you go right now to uh, the Alberta Podcast Network uh, uh, website, They've done a re, uh, they, they, they updated it, mm-hmm. I, so to say. We're in the pop culture section now, and it looks beautiful. Like, the whole the whole website looks amazing, so go check that out. Uh, we would also like to encourage everyone out there that if you enjoy this episode of the Nerdcast, to share it with all your friends on social media. This way, we are able to help grow the community here in Edmonton and keep everyone up to date on the latest news and information regarding the geeky and nerdy people, groups, and events that happen in and around the city of Edmonton. Also, if you or someone you know would like to be featured on our show, please feel free to contact us over at northernnerdnetwork.com. Now, let's get on with the show. Yes, so I want to welcome everyone back once again to another edition of the Nerdcast. Like I said, my name is Dan Shessel, and we are joined by... None other, and I'm super excited because it's a brand new year, brand new everything, Woo-hoo! and we have uh, none other than the greatest, I am telling you, the greatest <laughs> co-hostess ever in all of the universes, universes, Chelsea mm-hmm. Thompson, Say hello. Oh man, your introductions just keep getting more and more enthusiastic, and I don't know what to do with that level of praise. You're gonna like, Yeah. I will see at that point I think you just accept it. Like it's at just, this point it it's just what becoming it is, true. You can't you can't deny. Well, I mean, if my legend proceeds this evening of the episode I ate curry while talking to other guests, I mean I guess I must own that mantle now. So. That is, I mean I mean, if you can pull off sitting in your pajamas while eating curry. Eating Indian food while interviewing well, yeah. guests, then okay, all right. I'll just yeah. I will I it will have to get more comfortable with owning the title of most excellent co-host. See, at this point, you have what a count of seven blankets going in bed sheets. So uh, I think yeah. we're just keeping the trend. About that, yeah. <laughs> I am in like full-on cocoon mode this evening. I'm wearing like a thick like sweatshirt cardigan and a blanket I stole from the living room, and then I have like. Uh, fleece quilt and then like an under quilt and then sheets yeah i'm yeah i'm i was just a little off i can't with six super bundled up tonight yeah she may have missed one or two (laughs) yeah there may Uh, be more in here human error yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so i i was over at my mother-in-law's house uh Mm -hmm. for christmas and she had just got herself a new uh electric blanket (laughs) <laughs> and my goodness, was that ever nice and toasty? Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, a full full size, like big, not just that little heating pad thing, full size blanket. I'm like, Whoa. oh, oh, we have a heating blanket in storage that I completely forgot about. Yeah, Thank you, you Dan. I'm pulling that out tonight. <laughs> That's going to get plugged in and go with the foot of my bed to keep my toes nice and warm tonight. 
There you I'm go. Not, I'm not advocating for you to drop the live stream right now, but if you wanted to take two minutes, get it from storage <laughs> and add it to the collection right now. <laughs> no, I think I'm good for right now in my cocoon state, but over, <laughs> overnight when it gets cold, my toes will appreciate you mentioning that. Yes. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> we, we've totally uh, side railed everything, but I also want to introduce uh, tonight's guest, uh, Mark Mellenberg, uh, is joining us from uh, Level Up Gaming League, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later on in the show. But first off, we always like to get down to the heart and soul of each of our guests that we do have on our show by asking them what is on their geek shelf. So, Mark, what do you have on your geek shelf? A lot of things. Honestly, it was really tough to decide. Um, I'm choosing. That's the mark of a good. That's the mark of a good geek shelf, though. That's that's true. Yeah. Well, it's also like, do I want to advocate for other forms of geekdom? Do I just kind of have like free promotional material for them? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, but I actually chose a set of dice that I had custom made for me. Ooh, um, nice. They are, and I'll show them up towards the screen. They are. I don't know if it will catch in the light that well. Oh, is that black dice? Uh, no. What they are is the creator took the inside of a seashell, the abalone part of a seashell, mm. dug that out, gave it um, glittered sparkles with seawater, and then actually melted down a violin string for the actual writing of silver and engravings. And because they knew I was a huge water nerd and they knew I was a huge musician, they made me a full polyhedral set of these, like, Wow. Seawater, Avalon, Aquamarine dice. Um, they have a crazy. They have a name. I can't quite. I think it was like Twilight something. It's up in my room. I should have honestly got it for the podcast. I am so sorry. But <laughs> no. um, wow, it's they are absolutely beautiful. Also, they are the only kind in the world because she makes them all handcrafted. Only makes one set and then keeps a single D twenty for herself. Nice. So, yeah, no, they are by far the only set of dice that I will ever not lend out to people that I play with. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. After that story, man, that's kind of a hard one to top for people now. You're setting the bar high for all our future guests here. On this <laughs> well, I was thinking like when I, originally the idea came to me that I lend out my dice so much with this, my organization, which we'll talk about, that yep. I kind of need my own set. I need something that's characteristically me. And so I got in contact with this girl, and um, the company name is Monina Creations, wonderful girl, who, uh, woman who does a whole bunch of work in creating custom dice. And uh, I told her, like, hey, I'm part of this nonprofit, and I want to set for myself that's like very much my own, that I don't have to give away to the kids or their volunteers. Could we work on something together? And she was wonderful throughout the entire experience. Wow. Okay, we're going to have to get that link, and we'll have to put that up in the show notes. Yeah, in the show notes and in the description below so that any of our other listeners and viewers who want to get like amazingly awesome custom dice for themselves can Here. do so. Um, I actually have pictures of the dice as well. I can send you oh. guys the yes, pictures um, mm -hmm. and I'll have them in like better lighting so you can kind of see the reflections. Also inside one, because like always in the multi-layered tier dice, they have like the actual tiers of color you see. Mm -hmm. In the top tier, the actual like uh, clear set, you can actually the smokiness of the salt water, and it actually creates like wisps. So I'll try and see if I can get that into it as well. Oh, cool! All right, it is. Oh, yeah, I know. So pretty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Well, uh, 
we're I'm gonna just have to go into because I mean we've had such a nice little break here uh-huh. uh, for the Christmas holidays. Um, I did the last episode on my own. So yeah, Chelsea, how was your how was your break? How was Christmas? It's good. Yeah, I was just looking at my calendar and I I haven't the last nerdcast I did with you was like over a month ago now. <gasps> but uh, it's it's been good. It's been really busy. Um, Dan knows, but I guess I'll share with everybody some exciting news. Uh, just before Christmas break, I booked my first stunt gig. Yeah, on a television show that shoots in town. Um, I was really, really lucky. I made a connection with the the coordinator who coordinates the show, and uh, nice. he was looking for someone to double an actress and being so close to Christmas, the usual suspects were all busy or out of town. So he was like, well, Chelsea gets a shot. So it's super exciting and kind of amazing. And I've been walking around for the last like three weeks, kind of with like a permanent (laughs) grin on my face because I can't believe it. It's, it was awesome and super fun and such an amazing opportunity. And I'm really excited to go forward from there. But yeah, it was uh, really, really cool. That's really, yeah. really exciting. Yeah. And then uh, Christmas happened and that was really nice. Stuck around home. It was really mellow. We did stockings and presents at midnight on Christmas Eve and then slept in on Christmas Day, which was great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, New Year's Eve, um, we were cozy hermits and watched a ate a whole bunch of food and it was glorious i there was i didn't leave my house from christmas eve until new year's day (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it was pretty spectacular (laughs) now i have a true question i'm sorry Uh The, the question as i have is did you leave the bed sheets (laughs) uh yes yeah although it was a lot of like shuffling back and forth between like piles of blankets on the couch and piles of blankets in bed (laughs) yeah that was how my day went most of my days yeah nice (laughs) yeah and uh, well that sounds amazing yeah um I, i have to tell you that when i was at home over the break uh every time the door someone knocked on the door my kids would run up to the door is it chelsea Every time. <laughs> oh, sorry, I wasn't home to visit this year, guys. No. But I'm I'm coming home to visit soon. I promise. <laughs> yeah, just had to had to let you know. But I feel I feel like that's warranted because, like, uh, when I come home to Edmonton to visit, we've I've set I feel like I've set a precedent with you and your lovely wife and your adorable children um, that when I come to visit and I come out to visit Dan and Trina, uh, I often go with them to school pickup and surprise your boys at school. So like they expect a like surprise. It's Chelsea kind of like drop in kind of visit for me. I feel like I've set that precedent with your children. That bar has been set (laughs) and they know. (laughs) Now for the rest of their life, that's something I'll just have to keep up. I, I will always, you know, it will always have to be a surprise when I'm coming to visit. They they always get like little hints that you're coming, though. That's the thing, right? <laughs> 
So, not only did you make your life harder, you've now also set the expectation for disappointment among his kids that now <laughs> when they don't see you at the door, it's they're going to go back and like, when's she coming back? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the way it is. All right. So, Mark, how is your uh, how's your 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 break been? How how's things going right now? Uh, my break was great. Um, I'm generally a pretty busy guy, um, as we all are, of course. Um, but I've got a lot on the go right now. I've got a lot specifically that I'm trying to juggle at once. So when it came to the end of, or the middle of December around there, when I had a few other commitments of mine kind of coming to an end, um, I kind of looked at the Christmas season. And when I say my term came to an end, this is like, it came to an end about the 22nd, 23rd, like bef just before Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, you know what? I haven't spent a lot of time with my family. I've kind of been home to sleep and I've kind of been home to sleep, eat, then kind of be out. Um, I haven't seen a lot of time with friends, that type of idea. So I honestly just spent <clears throat> two weeks at home playing board games with my family. Cause we all were a very big board game family. Yes. Uh, we did a whole bunch of baking. We drank a lot, uh, <laughs> as Christmas people do. Um, my family also makes our own wine. So we have that idea that going for us. That was really nice. Um, and then for new year's kind of seeing friends in between Christmas and new year's, um, uh, my direct family, my mom, my dad, my brother, and I, we went to Canmore to celebrate new year's. And right. since he has a bit of a life change going, we're also helping him kind of move his stuff back and a whole bunch of stuff. But no, it's, it was really nice to just kind of spend it with family and friends and not pick up my phone for many emails throughout the entirety of those week, that week and a half. Cause that is something I don't really get the luxury to do more often than not. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was definitely much needed. And I will say some of the most enjoyable weeks I've had in the past months or so. Nice. Yeah. Canmore was beautiful and my we're currently my mom is trying to see if we can get a place there and it is ridiculously expensive to live in Canmore I didn't even realize holy smokes mm -hmm. yeah Canmore Jasper and Banff are all becoming like crazy like I think the cheapest house they found was something along the lines of like 700 or 800 thousand dollars oh wow yeah it, yeah. <laughs> yeah nope not me thanks nope yeah, it's a little bonkers. Those three places are becoming like to Edmonton and Calgary what Whistler is to Vancouver and the prices are reflecting that. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. But how about you, Dan? How how has your last few weeks been? How was the last nerd solo nerdcast? Um, how was your holiday? How was, you know, the fam well, jam? So my my solo podcast I talked a lot about uh, Happy Harbor closing down, and it was so sad. Um, and then, and, and then uh, two days, like two days after I, I posted that, uh, <laughs> I went in to go see Jay, and Jay's like, "Yeah, no, uh, it's it's been saved." So <laughs> we're being we're being yep. bought out, and yeah. they're going to keep us running. Hooray! Woo! So Wonderland What's Games came in and. Uh, uh and bought out uh happy happy harbor and, and they so, are from their home shop their home base is in grand prairie is that right yes their home shop is in grand yeah. prairie yeah so prairie, it, uh, woo -hoo. Woo -hoo. 
we're 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 super excited that Happy Harbor. A lot of the programs and stuff that is going on at Harbor Happy Harbor is still going to continue, um, and that's amazing. Uh, what else? I think, is there? Honestly, I think that's for me anyway. That's the most exciting part because it you know it's great to have a place to go and get your like physical nerdy items, your comic books, your merch, your gear, all of that. It's great to have a brick and mortar store to go and get all of that stuff. But the hard thing, that gaping hole in the community that just all of a sudden, you know, wasn't there anymore. So that what makes, that's what warms the cockles of my heart that like, they swooped in and bought the store and now all of these like wonderfully community engaged programs continue to keep on living and yeah. bringing, bringing nerds together. Hooray. Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of the, that was kind of the, the really big um, thing. I'm, I'm, we're, we're super excited that uh, it's still going to be there, you know? Um, so that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, the other thing I, I met, I got to do, um, what did I do? What did I just do? Anyways, the, the one thing I did manage to do um, just recently is that I got to go hang out with a bunch of other podcasters. Um, and I mean, I got to hang out with uh, like someone like Trent Wilkie uh, from The Undad. Uh, we got like Ryan uh, Kafka from, um, I can't remember like uh, the history of punk, I think is what his mm. podcast was. Uh, you guys did a centurion, right? And we did the centurion. Uh, yes. Um, and, and, uh, oh, oh. Did, you, did you freeze? Oh dear. Oh no, I'm still here. Um, sorry. Hang on. I'm just trying to find two more things here. Um, yeah. And so, and yeah. And Andrew from, uh, it's a, it's a conspiracy. There's a, and a few other people and I'm going to miss uh, a bunch of people's names here. Um, but anyways, yes, we did the Centurion. Um, and so for people who don't know what the Centurion is, um, that's a hundred shots of beer in a hundred minutes. And we really sped it up at the end. Um, <laughs> How did that go for you? Daniel? It did not go very well for me. <laughs> I'll put it. So we did a podcast for that as well. Um, so I will have some audio maybe i'll have some of those clips for next uh episode maybe we'll see see how things go um but uh yeah so by the time we were we were done that one um i'll tell you i was not in very good shape yeah no pain yeah and then the, the 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 best part about this whole story is that we actually had an, uh, a a big meeting with uh, Karen Unland from the Alberta Podcast Network. She's she's the lady who runs the the podcast network. Uh, and yeah, we had a meeting with her uh, the next day. <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm sure uh, that meeting like... went beautifully. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. Man, Thankfully, I Trina feel was there. like the icing cherry and cake would have been to have Karen out for the centurion. <laughs> yeah, it was Karen, uh, you started the network. Come drink with all of us while we talk <laughs> about our podcasts. Yeah, we did have a few people who aren't in the in the network um there. Mm -hmm. Um 
it was just kind of like a just a general podcast meetup thing that uh, uh, Andrew had put together. He just said, "Yo, you guys are awesome, so come on out and let's build community. Come on, yeah." Out. And so, yeah, it was fun. It was it was a great time. Um, you know, I had just an absolute blast. Of the guys there were absolutely fantastic. I had such a so much fun, um, and yeah, it was a. Uh, it was something else, and I and I will have some clips of how terrible that was. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, we are going to talk uh, about Level Up Gaming League here, uh, but first we're going to have to do a quick little break, and Chelsea's going to, you know, let us I'm going to tell you guys it. some stuff, and it's going to be great. Yay! <laughs> you ready? You ready? Here it comes. So the Alberta Podcast Network is charged up to announce their latest sponsor, Park Park-based provider of electricity and natural gas. In Alberta, you get to choose between your supplies and everyone else. Power makes it possible for you to shop local when it comes to making this choice. Supporting local enterprises is important to both Park Power and the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, so they go together very well. Park Power's support of the network will allow them to better promote Alberta-made podcasts. Your support of Park Power gives you the satisfaction of keeping your money close to home, and you can save money too, as overhead in an operation like Park Power is lower than at a big company. On top of all that, Park Power shares 10% of its profits with local charities. When you sign up, you choose which one to direct that money to. You'll hear more about all of that on Alberta Podcast Network podcasts in the coming weeks and months. In the meantime, follow Park Power on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook spreads. Awesome. All right, so uh, Mark, we are super excited to have you on the show. Today. Yeah. Um, as you're going to talk a little bit about level up gaming, he's like pulling up his sleeves. He's getting <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> Do a little stretching. Okay. Uh, limber up. All right, here we go. All right. So, what is uh, level up gaming first and foremost? League. For sure. Uh, sorry, I know like at this point there's a little bit of lag coming from my headphones. So if I'm ever cutting you off, you just give me like the hard nope, you're out, bye, walk the door, walk the plank. Um, but to describe it a little bit, uh, Level Up Gaming League is a registered nonprofit in the city of Edmonton um, that works towards playing role playing games and board games with disenfranchised youth, at risk youth, other disenfranchised individuals, and other shelters to try and promote community skills, social skills, and support services and build a community around that so they can connect them with other resources. So, for example, uh, we would go into a shelter like, yes, Youth Empowerment and Support Services. And we would play games of Dungeons and Dragons focused around centered themes such as risk management, problem solving, racism, and other things like that. Of course, handled in an appropriate manner. And we always have um, a checklist, which I can talk about later. And we have a whole bunch of vetting material to make sure the games are safe for the kids and that they are not touching on too harmful material just in case the youth get triggered. Um, 
So in that way, when we play the games with the kids, they can have these conversations and develop these social skills at a distance. So a lot of what we do is a gaming, but we do it for social good. And we believe in the power of gaming to kind of accomplish these goals and kind of work towards building the nerd community into one that can create a wholesome community as well. So let me just kind of quickly uh, scale this back a little bit. Yeah. I kind of want to know a little bit more about yourself and how you uh, got involved with Level Up Gaming in the first place. For sure. Um, so are you, is this like the personal story bit, making sure I'm on the right path here? Yes. Okay. Inquiring minds want to know, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, there are mind flares everywhere. Um, <laughs> no, uh, essentially, uh, to kind of put it into context about, well, I have been DMing and playing Dungeons and Dragons for something upwards of 10 years. Um, it is about 11 years now. Um, I started back with a group of friends who introduced me to this game and I instantly fell in love with it. But then I tried playing and being a busy guy since the age of about eh, 13, 14, I've never really had much opportunity to kind of have just a one night weekly thing. I was that guy for many years who did not commit to a campaign and I apologize to every DM out in the world for my early youth. Um, but I played and played these games and I started to DM them because I realized there was not much and I fell in love with being behind the table. And a couple years ago, I realized that, hey, I've, de I've personally developed so many of my social skills and my know-how and my reason of being from this game and from a lot of the like, um, relationship development and communication skills that I've developed along when, with my DMing, with my playing the game, uh, personifying different characters. So I thought, why don't more people do this? And then I realized that nobody does this. Uh, and that um, a lot of people in the community outside, like, outside of shit don't even know its benefits. And I thought, well, what's a better way of helping a kid through a tough time than actually talk about the tough time at a distance and then hopefully give them a support community along with them. So I started doing my own volunteer work kind of small time with, uh, the Stollery with Yes on a, on a particular occasion, as well as kind of talking with other groups, seeing who was interested. And then I got a contact from Yes when I had volunteered once or twice before saying, hey, there's these two other guys who are doing the same thing. We, th we think we should put each other in contact. And originally, in my mind, I was like, oh, sweet, there are more people that are doing what I'm doing. Maybe we can do something with this and form a community and like form an organization or whatever it may be. Now, I had plans to eventually do this much farther down the road when I became a teacher and I became um, a more supportive role model for kids kind of in a profession so I could start it in schools. And coming into this, I thought it was a perfect avenue. Uh, here in Lai, I meet my co-founders at a Tim Hortons just by Westmount. And um, their original thoughts when they were put in contact with me was, oh my gosh, this man is competition. What the heck are we doing? We must buy him out, like all of those, all of that. And they're lovely men. And of course they had the right intentions. They're making sure that they were doing the right thing and meeting a right, a safe person to be with. Uh, but we started talking and over the next hour and a half, we just kind of realized that we all jam, we fit, we had the same intentions and goals that we wanted to better the community. It was about the kids and that we wanted to make sure that uh, the games were wholesome in, them, in of themselves. And I became one of the co-founders. So this organization didn't exist um, previous of March 2018. And I was one of the members who came on just as they were in the middle of doing the paperwork. And we finalized the paperwork and got it all started. And I became president of the organization this past October. 
Wow. Nice. That's awesome. So love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> it literally fell in my lap. I don't know how, but it did. That's awesome. So um, let me just let's go back to um, what sort of what you guys are uh, accomplishing here. Um, mm -hmm. You're 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 going in uh, with organizations like Yes. Yep. Um, go through a scenario with us um, on how like you guys would go in there, how, what you, kind of games you would play, that kind of, that kind of stuff. For sure. Uh, so it starts with a lot of organizing beforehand. Um, we usually do bi-weekly commitments or monthly commitments, depending. Um, we also do a bunch of board game test days for people who are not so sold on the role-playing events. Um, so if it's a test board game night, what we'll do is we'll bring a whole bunch of company board games we have. They're, for the most part, not total, but generally our own board games that we've kind of donated because sounds money. Um, but uh, we bring our board games in. We bring them with educational materials. We sometimes bring them in with our own edits to make sure that they're like-minded towards a focus or a skill that we think the game can accomplish. And then we'll just run down and play games with the kids, kind of focusing those elements, getting them to do a lot of the stuff themselves. Uh, some of the youth or individuals that we work with, because it's not just kids, um, have a little bit of a lower acuity, which means that they are not necessarily um, as educated, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that they need to be brought to scale and need to develop some of these skills themselves. So we kind of let them do that themselves. We let them do the math. We let them do the reading. We let them figure some stuff out. And then we kind of help them along the way and kind of develop those just through board games. If it's a role-playing night, what we'll do is we'll set up a start date and an end date, or usually six to eight months later. We'll set up a campaign theme um, and storyline. We'll send that storyline off to a uh, psychology firm that we're partnered with, uh, Aspire Psychological Services in Spruce Grove. They will vet the information and make sure that it is psychologically sound and return it to us with advice, tips, or the go-ahead. Once we get the go-ahead, we approve them to run the campaign, and then they give us updates on what they're doing in terms of our volunteer work. And they will run a half hour to 45 minute dinner with the kids, give them food. Uh, we play for about three and a half, four hours, a 10, 15 minute debrief at the end with a cleanup. And then they just have fun. And after that, it just becomes a regularly running campaign, but they'll focus on specific themes and elements that they wanted to touch on. Um, an example, like you were asking for originally as I got sidetracked and I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. Um, was, uh, this, we have a new campaign starting in February with two of my wonderful volunteers, Darren Steele and Joshua Gilker. Um, they're taking lead on this and I'm taking a step back from this project and they are heading it themselves. So they're developing a West Marshes style, which means that it's very open-ended and it can include a lot of incoming and ongoing players. They don't need to be there for every session. Uh, they're running a West Marshall style campaign for Yes, um, so that the youth can drop in and out depending on their availability. And the theme, <clears throat> the themes that they wanted to focus on were problem solving and critical, uh, critical crisis management. So what happens when you guys are falling off a cliff and you need to recover? Oh, the situation is heightened. How are you going to solve these problems and that type of thing? Um, year previous, the campaign I was running called Sands of Deceit was the theme of the campaign was know who to trust. And it was a lot about uh, insight checks, making sure you know, okay, can I trust this information? Where is this information coming from? And doing a lot of background checks, which is, I found would be a useful skill for youth in the particular scenarios that we might be finding them when going to these shelters. So usually we'll choose a theme or two, 
we'll focus a campaign or a few sessions around it. And of course, there will be other things as well, talking about nonviolent strategies of uh, problem resolution, talking about disagreements and how to have a responsible conversation with somebody, how to talk about differences over across the table when your characters have completely conflicting beliefs, but you're not blaming the player, it's the character themselves. So you have to learn how to do that responsibly. A whole bunch of stuff, uh, but it's generally you do a theme, minor stuff aside, you set towards the goal of accomplishing giving them a mission, at the end of the campaign, they will develop a campaign themselves. I'm currently working on publishing the one from uh, last year. Uh, and then we get it professionally published for them with their names on it so that way they can work to creating something creative around a similar theme. So cool. That's a lot of work <laughs> beforehand, like just to go into I'm just pointing that out. I mean, that, my goodness, like, so how many games do you guys have going at one time uh, during, like, a, um, let's say a month period? For sure. Um, at our peak, which was summer last year, we had two board games events and two campaigns going. Um, at Right now, we're having a bit of a steady process kind of getting back into the new year. A lot of programs are restarting, and we're kind of changing things up a little bit uh, simply because my two other co-founders, Brian, Sally, and James Friesen had to take steps back um, about September, October, right when I came president, because I had to step up to make sure the company could continue running and that we could continue these events. Yep. Um, so they had to take a step back and I've had to change a little, a few things just for my sanity's sake, so I didn't have to do too much work my own. Uh, but right now we have, we're developing a campaign for February. I am talking with the John Howard Society currently, and we're gonna see if we can set up a game with them. Family communication, uh, family community and support services in Spruce Grove and Strathcona are interested in starting board games nights as well as Strathcona wants me to run a potentially board games uh, night or RPG night specifically for disenfranchised families. So maybe doing some work there. Um, I have a couple individuals within the U of A community who are letting us do board game nights specifically through um, the community service learning agreement that the university has. So we might be able to get some volunteers from them just through like getting credit to come play games with these kids, which will give us a consistent avenue for like university stretches and universe, university partnerships. Um, but right now, as it stands to directly answer your question, um, right now we're in a bit of a leeway. So right now we don't have any games currently going, but my assumption is by February, March, we'll probably have at least two or three monthly things going. So that's about, six meetings, five, six meetings a month. And I'm hoping to at least get that much before we plan an expansion to Calgary. And then that will go up from there. Um, so let me ask you um, just quickly, like for support, like how are you guys getting support for you guys? Like where are you guys finding your backers and, and, and things like that? Like how are you guys managing to keep this going? Sure. Um, so the interesting thing, is it's pretty much a passion project. Um, it is currently all volunteer. Um, it has been volunteer since our founding. Um, and while we have some honorariums and donations currently supporting some of the resources, because we get dice, we get manuals for the kids and all of that stuff. A lot of that <clears throat> comes from in-kind funding of very kind people within the nerd community around Edmonton. But we don't, <clears throat> I'm very sorry don't currently have a truly supportable way of sustaining the project yet. And I'm currently working on developing a fully, fully furnished board of directors so they can apply for grants and government funding through Public Safety Canada, Public Health Canada and stuff like that. So we can potentially get some sustainable income that way. But right now it's 
our free time, uh, my organization, and me managing my volunteers. That's incredible. <laughs> so if we have um, viewers and listeners who are as amazed by this as Dan and I are <laughs> and love D&D like Dan and I do uh, and want to come volunteer with your organization, what is the process to do that? Absolutely. Um, so the process is first, let us know. Uh, <laughs> but that basically means we have a website, uh, www.levelupgamingleague.ca. Uh, there is a message board there where you can submit one. On Facebook, we regularly update a job posting where you can submit a volunteer application as well. Um, if you're wanting to personally contact me, which I'm always open for, I love meeting the people in our community and seeing who is interested in joining the project. Uh, I have a personal email. Um, it's mark at levelupgamingly.ca. Very simple, first name and the website essentially. Uh, but if you're wanting to get into the process of what it becomes, what it takes to become a volunteer, it's fairly simple. You apply uh, because we don't have the money to pay for insurance. You sign a non-waiver release agreement. Basically, that just means you're safe on site. We're safe if you come back to sue us, and that way we can kind of protect each other while on site in agreement. Just keeping that clear. Um, our first thing when we actually do get a bunch of money is to get that insurance. That's like priority numero uno when we get money. Um, but uh, essentially you sign that, you come aboard, you take a GM training. So we actually train the people who go out to run games. We give them advice. We run them through different systems. So Savage Worlds, D&D, a whole bunch of other like relatable systems so that way it's not just Dungeons and Dragons that you have to run. We understand that some sci-fi nerds might want to run something else as well, like Esper Genesis. Uh, but we go through that, we train them, we put them through a couple workshops and then we give them crisis management training and we recommend a few others. Um, if you want to volunteer at a specific site, you need the training from that site. And while this sounds like a lot, it really isn't. It's like for, yes, you go to their boundaries training, you take crisis management with us, you take the GM training module, which is just a four hour evening, and then you're ready to go and you, you can volunteer, you can be on part of a uh, two man team, you can do a cold campaign on yourself so long as you get the material vetted. If you wanna go volunteer at another site, you just make sure you have the training for that site and then you can volunteer at a different one as well. <clears throat> so really to answer the question, you send in an application, you make sure you attend our training events, you attend the training events required by the site you're going to, and then you're pretty much free to go. And then we'll vet your material, we'll create some for you, we'll help you along the process, and we'll be there to volunteer with you along the side to make sure you have support. As someone who works with kids, um, depending on the site that your volunteers are going to, do any of your sites require like a criminal or vulnerable sector check? Always. Criminal record or, okay. Always. Always. <laughs> Always. We, we want to make sure that we are, we understand that a lot of people come from different backgrounds, but if you're going to work with at-risk youth, youth that have been in gangs, have had drug history and stuff like that, you, we need to make sure you are a responsible human and that you are actually appropriately representing a positive role model. Because if you yourself are not being a positive role model for the kids and you're just kind of running a game because you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, you're not getting to the core of what our message is, which is positive role modeling, communication, community, skill Life building. Skills. Like that is the, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the core foundation of it. While we use it in gaming and we do it through role playing games, the real foundation of it is to help better the kids and better the other individuals we work with. Now, sort of a secondary follow-up to that, if we have other listeners and viewers who are listening to this and are 
as amazed as Dan and I are and want to help support you, but maybe don't have the time to volunteer, but would love to make a donation to you. Do you have any sort of avenues set up where people can send donations your way to help help you guys keep this amazing work going? Absolutely. Um, I'll be quite honest. I think, and this is not 100% certain, but I think our Patreon is still up. I don't know for sure. I don't for sure. Wow. <laughs> Speak English, Mark. Um, I don't know for sure. But if there are other ways you want to donate or you want to actually support us monetarily or even through in-kind funding, um, which in-kind funding means like donating dice, donating manuals, donating shirts, that type of thing. Um, if you want to support us that way, you can always send me an email and then we can hash that out and then we can support do that the long way. I've had a few people already say, hey, I want to make a donation. How can we set this up? And when we didn't have the whole financial system set in stone, we just organized it between the two of us. I gave them an agreement to assign to make sure that they were okay with the process. And I outlined it, have the form ready. And then we just went off that way. Um, there is one more thing I'm forgetting, but I don't know if I'll remember it. So I might come back to this. Stay tuned. <laughs> awesome. So a lot has happened. I mean, you guys have been, you said this all happened as of March of last year. So you're, you know, just heading into the one year mark. Yep. Um, and you mentioned a bit about future plans expanding into Calgary. Can you talk a little bit about any other like fun kernels of ideas or things that are on the horizon <laughs> for the organization? I have too much. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a dreamer and I'm a bit ambitious in the way that I like to get what I want. And that's not to say like I'm manipulative or any of that. It's more just like I see so much potential in this idea and I'm so passionate about it that I want to spread it wherever I can. Um, so with this idea, we have so many requests to come to Calgary. Every single time I post to, to, to the Critical Role Dungeons & Dragons Calgary board, the Alberta Dungeons & Dragons board, all of that stuff on Facebook and Twitter and all of that, I get so many people, hey, are you guys based out of Calgary yet? Like, are you guys coming? And I'm like, please, soon, <laughs> once I have something here. Um, so originally it's Calgary. We've had requests to expand to Vancouver and the BC midsection area. I was just so, going to say, if you ever head out this way, I yep. will gladly hop on that train with you guys. So there is that plan. Um, I've received numerous um, requests specifically at the Edmonton Expo. Actually, when we hosted it here, we had a panel at the Edmonton Expo and we had a whole bunch of people come up to us after being like, hey, I'm a visitor from Vancouver, but you totally need to come over. And I said, when we have money. Um, <laughs> There's also a plan of mine. We are loose partners. It's more like we are associated within communication with a group in the United States called Game to Grow, which do wonderful work along a similar lines with people on the or kids and youth on the autism spectrum. So while we and I'm pretty sure this is still true, so keep me quoted, but I'm gonna say this proudly. I think we're the only person or only group in the world who does this style of service. So globally, I don't think there is another Dungeons and Dragons community service leadership uh, nonprofit globally anywhere. Um, but we are looking at Game to Grow as well as another organization in in Toronto that I can't remember what their name is and it's going to bite me in the butt. Um, <laughs> but they do similar work to Game to Grow, which is uh, Dungeons and Dragons educational work for people on the autism spectrum. So my goal is to kind of partner with them and kind of expand out those ways. I've also had a brief communication 
collaboration, not long at all, with the man himself, Matthew Mercer, and uh, from Critical Role. And he has my email address, and he was going to be getting back to me. But because the man is a busy as heck, he is crazy, and they just expanded to their new site, they're getting the new campaign in order and have a whole bunch of new things. I have not pursued that as of yet. I kind of want to grow a little bit more ourselves before I send them a message again, being like, hey, so about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but no, I there are big plans. I'm hoping to get this first um, outside the province to Calgary outside the province if I can get it nationally that would be like the biggest dream alive but I don't know if that's going to happen and uh if we have that partnership with game to grow and the place in Toronto that's still going to bite me in the butt um I would love <laughs> I would love to kind of go out those ways as well get in the U.S. and kind of teach people that role-playing systems as a counseling service as an educational service as a community service as a the whole nine yards is just so valuable it really is. So Which, let me. I just want to sort of go uh, back into the the what makes D and D like for yourself personally such a great um, avenue to um, teach kids life skills. For sure. Uh, so I'm going to use an example here. So say you're having a disagreement with your best friend. Say you are both fighting over money because they want to go to this restaurant and you want to go to this restaurant and this fight ends up breaking out into a huge argument and you both split up. You guys go different ways. You guys don't want to talk to each other because it's a huge money issue. You could have that same talked issue, like spoken issue, but gold about what items to buy. And then it's a much more casual thing because it's over a table and the whole group is deciding whether to buy the dagger of venom or the sword of flight, the sword of fire. And then that held responsibly and through role play can actually be extended to other avenues. So one of the one shots that we use as part of our training actually deals with the law and banishment. It's an elven adventure that I designed specifically around um, these two elves actually well, these two elves accidentally caused an incident that caused the lives of other elves, that caused them to lose their lives, as well as caused infection in the city and a whole bunch of stuff. And the players have to be responsible for the council decision to decide their punishment. Should they be banished? Should they be executed? Should they serve community service? Should they, whatever the nine yards be? It's up to them. And so that gets them thinking about, okay, what are the repercussions for this incident? How would it make it, how would it, make it most useful to pay the city back for these types of events? And then taking to a similar extent using communication skills, say an NPC is wholly devoted to Wii Jazz for those in the 3.5 system, and they are all about the chaotic uses of magic, but they don't understand the repercussions of those actions. How can the players convince the wizard of this case to not use his magic so recklessly, potentially causing harm to other individuals? Can they convince him of this scenario? What are alternatives that they can use to try and get out of that scenario without having to fight him and lock him up or potentially end him? Those types of ideas. And of course, there is, we always advocate for a nonviolent solution to problems. We don't believe everything should end in fighting, though we admit fighting in, in games is fun. Absolutely. Um, but it's more along the lines of we try and touch on specific events and themes and situations. And we have the players interact socially through role play in those cases, which is why role playing games, much more than any video game, as I point to my. PS4, um, or um, board games specifically that doesn't have the elements of character creation and character embodiment, it, it, they do more than, role-playing games do more than any of those could ever do. Because it's over the table, it's in person, 
it's person to person, even if you're just acting different characters, you're still portraying this persona. And you're the one in complete control. It's not like you have a, like a set of commands to do. It's your imagination. You have to figure this problem out on a social level as well as on a game level. Mm. So the, the I got, we're, sorry, <laughs> we're, 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 we're getting pretty uh, late and I'll, I'll let Chelsea at, uh, ask a question, but I do want to ask one more before we uh, continue on here. Um, I just really want to know, like, cause you, you're saying that you guys are like, you were building these campaigns. What kind of like work goes into this, like mm -hmm. putting a campaign together? So everything uh, a normal campaign yourself. does. No, for sure. And sorry to interrupt as well. No, um, everything a normal campaign does map characters, general plot line, side quests, traps, that type of idea that the whole fun bit of role playing games still goes into it. The only few extra added bits is what social issue or problem or theme are you portraying? How are you doing that through character role play, through design and that type of thing? Um, as well as other potential issues that could come up. And this is just a list of things that you will be able to cover as other issues that you can do in a safe manner. And then honestly, when the DMs and my volunteers create that work, they send it to me and I make it a formal write-up. I'm the one who sends all of that formal write-up over to Aspire Psychological Services and then they vet the information. So most of what the volunteers have to do is decide on a campaign, an adventure, design a theme that they think the adventure would fit in. They're fighting a dragon and they want to talk about oppressive governments. Great idea. They want to talk about a demon and they want to talk about uh, manipulation and being a empathetic person as opposed to a, a sympathetic manipulative person. Very great option. So like those types of ideas. And then they just send that theme to me. They tell me how they're doing it. I do the write-up and send it off. Cool. Chelsea? Um, well, I had an observation and kind of wanted to end back on a more like personal related question. So Absolutely, the observation yeah. I had, I mean, you were talking about the creative aspect of role playing and it just, it sort of twigged in my brain as someone with a theater background, how in recent years, the exponential growth in um, music therapy and art therapy and drama therapy um, to reach disenfranchised individuals um, and help mm -hmm. them work through stuff and skill build. Um, I think it's absolutely makes total sense that D&D &D would be used to help build the same skills. Because um, that coming from the same creative place, it, it, you know, it works the same way. So I think it's, it's an awesome use of the creativity of D&D. My background is a musician. I took my first university degree in classical saxophone performance. Yeah, yes, nice. it exists. Um, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of what you're saying kind of speaks true. My first idea of a career after a whole bunch of like naive or hugely dream-minded aspirations as a youngin was, hey, I could become like a music psychologist. I could become a music therapist. Uh, and then I started really thinking about my Dungeons and Dragons habits a bit more. And then I realized no, <laughs> this is, is kind of what I want to do here. And then I'll become a music teacher on the side. Nice. Awesome. Well, my, my last sort of to bring it all home, having spent an amazing conversation with you, your path comes through. So I want to know from a personal standpoint in all your years of, of playing D and D, do you have, 
a particular soft spot for any particular sort of race or class or, <laughs> or in all the years of playing a favorite campaign that was just like lives in your heart as one of your favorites that you played hit us hit us up with marks like Nostalgia. like personal favorites yeah okay. all right all right Ugh. this is where i need to stretch <laughs> so no um i do i've actually run a couple multi-year campaigns in my time um i've ran one that lasted three and a half years that ended essentially with a tpk oh. not quite but close <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a heartbreaker um my half giant paladin accidentally used the earthquake spell on the top of a mountain and collapsed the entire mountain on their dwarven city where they had their army to fight a demon horde so that ended the campaign um I, it was a heartbreaker they still hold them to this day that as that that they call it that broke mark that's kind of what they say but really they just had no chance after that and i was like i'm sorry guys there's like literally nothing i can do um so in that that three and a half campaign had so many shenanigans i had some great role-playing moments in it uh that campaign ended about four years five holy five four years ago now that's nuts um <laughs> But uh, I would say as a personal vet interest, I know they're very overpowered in a lot of editions, but thematically, I love druids. I am a druid at heart. I am a guy who goes out to the mountains. I love skiing. I love hiking, all of that. So nature-based for me, as well as transforming into animals is dope. Um, and in terms of races, I've always been a fan of dwarves. There's something about a Scottish accent that you can just really <laughs> figure about doing with a dwarf that really doesn't pale to any other. Um, so that type of idea. So like, I've always been a fan of those two, not necessarily together. Um, I find dwarves do not have the patience often to be druids. So uh, <laughs> of course it makes a thematically good character. But I've had quite a few interesting campaigns, and I too many stories to tell over, I'm assuming, what is only another two minutes to three minutes that we have here. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so uh, where can people find you, uh, once again, on the web, wherever? Like, let, let's hit us up with some links or some... Uh, some places where they can get your to your addresses. Where do you yeah. live in the World Wide Web? <laughs> For sure. Um, so we have a Twitter. Um, the Twitter is currently not very active just because I have not, because I am slightly technologically incompetent. I apologize to the world. Um, I have not figured out how to link my Facebook group with my Twitter group, but we have a Twitter group, Level Up Gaming League uh, LTD. We have a Facebook group, same link. Um, I'm the president of both, so if you send a message there, I'll read it and respond to it right away. Um, my personal email for Level Up Gaming Link is again mark, M-A-R-K, at levelupgamingleak.ca. I will respond to all emails that come my way there for volunteer interest, for curiosity. We can meet up in person, all of that shenanigans. Um, if you're wanting to get in contact with other parts of the organization, you can head to the website, www.levelupgamingleak.ca. Um, we are also partnered with an Edmonton-based stream that was on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, mm -hmm. Raygun Wizard. I am one of the players in the stream that promotes my organization every week, bi-weekly, whenever we can meet. Uh, so you can check them out, and I will, of course, be on the stream, and you can ask questions. We have the little uh, iPads on the stream there, so if you say, like, hey, shout out to Level Up, I'll be like, sweet, and I'll, like, type that into the chat, whatever. Um, but there are other avenues right now. We're currently setting them up. 
look for us around the internet and around the World Wide Web. We will definitely be having a little bit more of a presence online once I get a few more staff and a few more team members on my side. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Well, we are super excited to see where this goes uh, and we will keep in touch uh, over the next little while and and, uh, Mm -hmm. see how we can help each other out here. So I think it'll be awesome. All right. So we are going to quickly go into a a quick little break here uh, and then we're going to move into some of the events that are happening in and around the city of Edmonton. So stay tuned. So this edition of the Nerdcast is brought to you by Let's Do Coffee. Um, And this is a a podcast, uh, an affiliated podcast um, that is done by by the Maji Center for New Venture and Student Entrepreneurship at Nate. Now, every entrepreneur has a story to tell, lessons learned and wisdom earned. In Edmonton, many of the most successful entrepreneurs are very willing to share their stories and expertise, but they don't have time to do time to have coffee with everybody. So the Maji Center, led by Max uh, Frank, Frank, <laughs> is tapping into that wealth of knowledge on our behalf with his new podcast. Uh, the bi-weekly show will feature interviews with students, entrepreneurs, and alumni from the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. And you can get a sense of what the podcast will be like from uh, just checking it out. Uh, go and check it out. Uh, you can go and hear uh, their episodes. If you go over to uh, the Alberta Podcast Network's page, uh, there is a, a spot for the affiliated podcasts. So go over there and you know just click on that Maji Center uh, tab there and it will take you straight to... Uh, the park, not park. <laughs> that was our, <laughs> but We're let's live, do folks. I know that's the way it goes. Uh, so let's do coffee uh, uh, podcast. So go check that out. Uh, and no, and it's awesome. I don't know where I was going with that, and uh, I kind of lost what my notes were. So it's all good. Uh, now we're gonna move into. Uh, some of the, the events that are happening in and around the city of Edmonton. We do have all this with the good links. stuff, Dan. I, I actually made sure this week that I put all the links in the description box down below. So it's done this time. So if Woo-hoo. you're, if you're listening to this or you're watching this live on, on the YouTube or you're watching it later on YouTube, the links are there. So go and check this out. So if, uh, on January 13th, now this is coming up real quick and I, may or may not have the episode out by then but we'll see we have girls learning code uh this is from grade six to eight uh making and circuitry is their kind of the the theme of this one um and this is happening at jobber and this is 10318 82nd ave and once again uh you can get tickets on eventbrite but you guys can uh check out that link in our description if you want to learn more about girls learning code uh moving along we got basic building with warbla and eba with kylo kuzak um kilo is uh sorry kilo i don't know why i said kylo kilo uh kilo is uh, a good friend of ours uh and he does some amazing cosplays um and so this is going to be happening at the theater garage uh and i mean oh Sorry, guys. The workshop sold out. 
<laughs> but it is happening on January 19th. And if you had the chance to go and check this out, it would have been an awesome one to go. Well, Anyways. hooray for the community for selling out an awesome event. Woohoo! Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving along, we got uh, on January 27th a vintage arcade games auction. So if you're looking to get uh, a good old, uh, you know, pinball machine that you're, you've been kind of looking uh, looking for uh, and or, you know, just a, an old arcade uh, game, um, this may be your chance. Uh, this is happening at Kessner's Auctions. Uh, so uh, once again, we have all the information in the link. January 27th is my birthday. Are you going to go to the auction and get me a pinball machine, Dan? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a nice birthday present? <laughs> Come back with that classic Simpson. Maybe I have to convince Trina to let me buy one for my yeah, birthday. Yeah, late birthday. You are also you are a fr- a, a fellow January birthday yeah. in. You go for a, a post bir- a late birthday gift. Yeah. Yeah. Also, to everyone watching, a January birthday in is now a term. Please use the hashtag, <laughs> hashtag January birthday yes. in on your social media. Yeah. That's that's my my excellent grasp of the English language from my theater degree coming through there. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move along, um, and this is a little bit later down on the list. But we got uh, the music of Star Trek is coming on March twelfth and thirteenth, and this is going to be happening at the Windspear Center. I'm so uh, excited. Yes, <laughs> I mean. Star Trek, awesome music. So if you want to, you know, go maybe check that out. It's gonna be, um, and it's gonna be done by the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra. So it's it's gonna be good. Go and check that out. Uh, that's happening March second, March twelfth, and thirteenth. And moving to our last event of the of the night, uh, and this is happening on June first. We have the Edmonton International Cat Festival coming back again. Once again, I have to always make mention of this because we. We love the cat festival. It's fantastic. So, um, and this is, I don't know why I clicked off that page. But <laughs> it's happening at McEwen University at the Robbins Health and Learning Center uh, event. Uh, tickets are on Eventbrite. All right. That is it. That is all. I want to thank you, Mark, so much for joining mm-hmm. us tonight. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming out. Level no. Up Game Elite sounds just absolutely fantastic. What you guys are doing is just amazing. Uh, uh, we're so glad you were able to come out and uh, chat about it tonight. So. Well, and given how like excited you are and passionate about what you're doing, I know Dan and I have no doubt that you guys will continue to grow and expand and bring this awesome endeavor to more and more people in our city and elsewhere. Here's to hope, but no, honestly, <laughs> uh, it's on my pleasure to be on the stream. It's my pleasure to be on the podcast. You guys are obviously well-renowned and I've heard about you from multiple sources now. <laughs> so it is an honor and a pleasure to be on here. And I hope that you guys continue to find success as well. I will definitely keep in touch with you guys. Yes, for sure. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening to this edition of the Nerdcast. And I want to thank everyone out there uh, for, uh, for watching this. <laughs> I just did that. <laughs> 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 everyone, I'm just reading my notes and I, I just kind of went and I looped through it again and I don't know why. Um, and we want to ask everyone if you guys enjoyed this episode, if you can, to share it with your friends on social media. The Northern Nerdcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and is produced by myself along with Chelsea Thompson and Trina Schessel. 
you can find also find more information on the Northern Nerd Network by checking us out on our Twitter at Northern Nerd Network or Northern underscore nerd. I don't know why I said that. Uh, again, facebook.com slash Northern Nerd or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Northern Nerd Network or on our very own website, northernnerdnetwork.com. That's it. That's all the time we have for this edition of the Nerdcast. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.